This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. You're listening to Anna Louise here on Fun Kids and I'm joined by, drumroll please, the Polar Express creator, Chris Van Allsberg. Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Chris, what's it like in your brain as the author and the illustrator of the Polar Express? I'm imagining that it's Christmas time all day long in your imagination. Yeah, I, I still really look forward to the holiday. And, and of course, I, I, as it approaches, I, I remember the, uh, the monumental Christmases I had as a child. What were they like? Paint us a picture. Well, um, you know, filled with, filled with expectation because not sure exactly when it starts but it's probably a little bit uh around the first part of december and 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 you know that this uh fantastic event is going to happen in in a few weeks and it's uh it's hard to get it out of your mind and and you uh you wonder uh you wonder what it will bring and 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 it's a time of year when uh it seems that miracles can happen has Christmas always been a big deal in your family? It was. Um, my uh, my mother uh, was uh, a very enthusiastic uh, celebrator of Christmas, and <laughs> and she uh, she had a, um, a a kind of a, a group of pastries and cookies that she would always make and only make mm-hmm. at Christmas. So when these things started to appear in the kitchen. Um, that was another reminder that, that, that this was a particular and special time of the year. I'm sure this had an effect on, on the way Christmas uh, lingers in my memory, is that she was, she was so enthusiastic about, uh, about celebrating the ho- holiday and, and um, making it a really big deal. As an author and illustrator, what came first? Was it the drawings or the writing, a bit like the chicken or the egg? As an illustrator... Um, when I began working, uh, it was mostly uh, the, my, my interest in telling a story was often driven by uh, a picture that I had in my imagination. And the, uh, the picture may have been uh, the start of an idea, and I, I had to decide whether at the start of the idea, the picture that I saw in my imagination was the end of the story or the middle of the story or the beginning of a story. Uh, another book that I wrote called uh, Jumanji was a mm-hmm. story about um, uh, children who play a, a game board which comes to life and, and jungle animals appear. But before I began writing the story, I actually had in my imagination a picture of, of a rhinoceros stampede inside a dining room. And that's all I had when I, I, I saw that image in my imagination, that picture And so the storytelling for me was a little bit about wondering, well, how did the rhinoceroses get into the dining room? And uh, and then so I sort of answer those questions and I I tell myself a story. And and it is often a story which starts with um, with an image in my imagination. Wow. How incredible. I mean, how did it feel to then see Jumanji, you know, be such a, a hit successful book and then go on to be a Hollywood film, not just one, but three Hollywood films? You know, when you when you when, when a small book like the picture books uh, I've written get turned into films, 
the challenge is uh, for the filmmakers is what do they want to add to the small story uh, that's in the book. There's not a great deal of the book left in the films. There's certainly the films... Um, the films are inspired by the books, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a that's a you know that's a great satisfaction. That's a I, I uh, you know I've obviously seen all the films more than once, and and um, you know as the Polar Express, and you know I'm I'm proud of the fact, and and the interesting thing about uh, being an artist, some artists make things, they make sculpture, they make a painting, and and um, that's a piece that they might make in their studio, and while they're making it, uh, maybe their children see it, or their their wives, their husbands see it, and then at that point, the no one else may see it, or they may put it in an art gallery, and a handful of people will see it. But it is, in a way, kind of a private thing. So, as an artist, it's uh, it's I guess kind of exciting to to realize that this thing that would, that didn't really exist, it was only an idea in your mind. It was, uh, uh, just a thought. And then for that thought to be turned into a book, which becomes, uh, a film. And that, that thing that started in your mind is just a, just a little dream, just a tiny little dream, uh, becomes, you know, parts of other people's lives. It's, it's, um, it's kind of a strange thing, strange and remarkable. Where do you write? I imagine you tucked away in a sort of grotto den, sort of hidden away from the world. Uh, well, that's not a bad description of the places I've, I've I've set up shop and done my work. When I, I used to be a sculptor, and I, I worked with you know wood and clay, and I always had studios outside my house. But but when I turned to illustration and, and writing, uh, I set up shop inside my house and. And initially, it was just a small room in, in an apartment that I lived in. But, um, you know, as years have gone by and I've lived in different homes, I, I always found in those houses uh, a, a little room that I, mm. I would call my laughing place. And, uh, you know, they, they, they weren't, I mean, they were pretty well lit, so I couldn't really call them cave-like or grotto-like, but they were, <laughs> the, the light was important. And the other thing that... Uh, happens when you find a place where you do a particular activity where you, you know, I would just go there, I would work, I would write, I would draw pictures. And I found that over the years that um, the room starts to have a kind of a, an encouraging quality that, that there may be some mornings when I'm not terribly excited about jumping in and getting to work. But if I, if I'll, if I simply get myself into the room and sit in the chair where for years the only thing that's happened in there is to do my work, then sometimes just getting to the room will turn the switch on and I'll get to work. It must have been phenomenal watching the Polar Express on its journey, you know, coming out, being published, uh, you know, existing as a book and then launching onto the big Hollywood screen. And now, exciting news, that you're working on a prequel. Can you give us any super sneaky clues as to what it's about? Well, it's about part of the... I mean, we... uh, I knew about the North Pole when I was a child, and I knew about the things that I would... uh, that were part of it. Um, But then when when I took the ride there, when I was eight years old, I was exposed to a lot of things that were... Uh, mystifying to me. For instance, I, I, um, 
I didn't know where the conductor came from, and he was disinclined to answer any of my questions. Um, so as years have gone by, I thought, well, I'll never find out because I'll never get back on the train, but I've decided to uh, imagine where the conductor might have come from uh, and uh, how long he's lived at the North Pole. I assume he still lives there and, and still makes uh, a trip each Christmas Eve. And I would like to try to figure out in my own imagination um, what would make someone want to do that. And, and, uh, and I do know this, that the conductor was involved in the creation of the train. And I would like to know more about how he knew how to do that. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm working on a story about the conductor uh, as a child. And, and maybe most interesting of all is how he ended up in the North Pole. Wow. And for those who don't know, a prequel is the book that comes before the book. So this is before yeah. the Polar Express. Will we see the glorious Polar Express in this first book? Oh, oh it, 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 the thing I'm working on now, the, well, the trip that I took was in, um, I was eight, so it would have been 1957 that I, I went to the North Pole. Um, but it was clear to me on the train that the, it was not the first trip the train had ever taken. And so I imagine that the maiden voyage, the first trip the Polar Express ever made, was some years earlier. And, and that's what I'm really writing about is, is the, uh, the first trip of the Polar Express. And, um, you know, the challenges of, of building a train that could actually make a trip like that. Do you have to get into the Christmas zone when you're writing? Do you get Christmas music going? Do you put on Christmas lights? Do you have to really feel that festive vibe? No, no. I mean, I, I'm sure that would help a little bit, but um, because of the, how long projects like this can take, you have to be prepared to write about Christmas on a 90-degree day. <laughs> uh, With your sunglasses so you, on. The environment that you're working in has to be inside your head, not the room you're in. Chris, it's been so inspiring talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, sure. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.